Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. I'm believing that the Word of God is going to teach you today, and I'm believing that God, the Word of God is going to teach me today. All right? Before we start, before we commit our, our um, learning to God today, it's just important that we just clear the air. Amen? Just clear the air. So we come in with baggage because we're people, we're human, and we've got stuff, we got garbage, and we lived all week through. And, you know, it doesn't matter, like, if you're in the church or you're out of church, church people are people, all right? And people fail, and that's all there is to it. And, and we, we fail each other all the time, but we have the mercy of God. And so I just want you to bring everything in here today and just put in a big pot. You know, just put your whole life, just put all your thoughts and all the things that are in your heart, right? Because just all those things that are in your heart, and we're just going to bring it before God and ask for his mercy and his forgiveness, all right? So, 1 John 1.19. Do I have to look it up? What's that? Oh, that's okay. I could ask Matthew to go back there and fix it, but... Oh, yeah. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God is so faithful. He's our loving father. And it doesn't matter what we do, and it doesn't matter how many times we mess up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we ask him to forgive us, and then the next minute we turn around and we do the same stupid thing five minutes later. It doesn't matter. He's God. He's God. He has the power to forgive us for anything and everything and all the time, every time from the beginning of humanity to the end, or whatever. He has power to forgive us, right? So, God, we just, I'm just going to commit this whole um, teaching unto you, Father. I commit it unto you, Holy Spirit, to lead me and guide me to wherever you want to go. Father, I, I just bring my sins before I bring everything, everyone's sins before you right now. God, in our hearts, we just lay those things before you right now. And especially in our mindsets, Father, those things that are in our mind, we just bring all those um, things that are wrong, God, before you. We lay it at the foot of your cross, Lord Jesus, and we plead your blood over every single thought, every single thought that does not praise you and give glory to you. We ask you to forgive us and to set us right. God, we, we thank you that you do. You, you forgive us and you cleanse us, Lord, from all these things, Lord. And then you put us in right standing with you, Father. God, you don't remember our sins anymore. You, you just wash us clean because your word says so. So, God, I thank you for the freedom that will come today because we just said, we just stood on your word. We just stood on your word that said if we, if we ask for forgiveness, you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness and that, Lord, your power will come. Your love will be felt. And, God, you will bring us, break those things off of our minds that don't belong there any longer in our hearts, that don't belong there anymore. Because, God, you said that if we seek the Lord with all of our heart, you will be found. And that is your word. We're here to find you today. And we thank you, Lord, that you will show yourself. You will reveal yourself strong. In Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you will lead me to say everything that I need to say. Not to leave one thing out. Not one thing be left out today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so when you think about it, you think, I just, the, the forgiveness thing was really important today. Um, because, you know, every day I have to come before God and ask him to forgive me before I come to him and ask him for anything, right? 
because it just clears the way. It just, it just clears the way from yesterday's mistakes and all those things that I did wrong. And I want God's blessing fully. I don't want anything to hinder me. I don't want any, you know, I don't want anything to stand in the way between me and God. I don't want, I want to be able to flow with what he's doing. And, and I need his power. I've seen what I can do. And, um, you know, it's always half measures or, you know, it's just, it's not, it, it's, it makes me, you know, it's not enough. It's not enough. But I know that when I listen to God and I follow his voice and I do what he says, I get really excited and I have joy in my life. And that's what causes me to be joyful is because I did what God told me to do, right? And if I, if I try to do things of my own strength, what ends up happening is it's, it just, it comes back that I have to do it again and again and again. <laughs> and I don't want to, like, I want to do it right the first time so I can fully understand my Savior and how he's teaching me and what he's teaching me. Okay, to be able to give it away. That's why he blesses us, so that we'll be able to give it away. We'll be able to give God's word away. We'll be able to get, show him, show others why we make Jesus Christ our Lord. The word of God says it's, it's better to obey than, better to, no, to obey is better than sacrifice, right? No matter what our feelings are, our flesh is just like a little kid, right? Our flesh is like, I want this, I want this. No, I'm right. I'm right, you know, like our flesh just, it acts out. It's like our flesh becomes offended, right? Our flesh, it likes to say, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a rotten thing when you think, you know, we think about all the things Jesus has done for us, and then, and then we think about all the things he's done for us, and then we can turn around and just be right nasty, you know, like right mean. <laughs> it's like, Oh, yeah, how does God even live in me anyways? Like, look what I just did. Like, how can Paul, you know what? Word of God says, confess your sins to him, and he will cleanse you free again. He will cleanse you free. I mean, I've gone out, and all of a sudden I'd be swearing. I'd be like, oh, my, where did that come from? I'm supposed to be a woman of God. Like, the Holy Spirit's supposed to be working through me all the time. He's supposed to be greater than me. Where did that come from? You know, I'm just going to be raw with you guys, okay? Is that all right? I'm just going to tell you my sins. Is that okay? Can I tell you my sins? Okay, I'm going to tell you. So I'll just, and then I'll be like, oh, my God, I'm so glad nobody from the church was here. I'm glad my pastors weren't around. You know what I mean? Like, really, God is watching, and God is listening, and he is the only one that I'm going to give an account to. But my whole life, I was giving an account to Tom, Dick, Joe, and Harry. My whole life, trying to give an account to somebody else, trying to live a standard for you. I'm not going to make it. I'm going to fail. I'm going to be a loser in your face if I try to make my standards count for you. If I'm going to try to impress you, it's not going to happen. I'm going to fall flat on my face, and I have learned that. And even in my depths of my heart, I didn't even think I was doing that. I didn't even think that I was trying to please man. But like they say, there's strongholds in our lives. There's strongholds that come. And they come in our lives, and I believe they come from generational curses or whatever. And until we find God out, until we get to know him more, those things can be active in us, you know, like a virus. They can be active in us until we find the closer we get to God, and we find somehow we step into more of his presence, because it says we're going to grow. We're going to grow in the stature and nature and wisdom with God and with man. 
We're going to grow in God. So we're like children. We're going to grow with God. So we have to stay with the word and continue in the word, continue to pray, continue to present our bodies and our minds, our everything before him so that we can grow in the things of God so we can be Christ in the world and be that hope of glory. We're called the hope of glory. Honestly, sometimes I'm there and I'm like, I'm working with this kid and I'm like, I can't stand you. I don't think I can take another minute of this kid, right? This is my job, and this is my field, and I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling black and dirty. I'm feeling like this is not fair. <laughs> this, this is not fair. I'm like, what? Like, and I, those thoughts come, those, those feelings that come over, and then I have to go quickly like this. Oh, Holy Spirit, come in and help me. Will you come and help me right now? Because seriously, why do I feel like this? This is how I feel, though. I, this is how I feel. This is what came out of my mouth. Would you please forgive me? Forgive me. And God washes us clean. He washes me clean. He just washes me clean. So guess what? Nobody that was standing beside, none of my coworkers heard that. You know what I mean? My boss didn't see that. Like, I'm not saying, you know, this is a ticket to not getting caught. But, but God has grace. And God has mercy, and he knows where we're standing. And if we foul up really bad, he knows how to put us back in. He knows how to set us right back in to be walking with him, right? But if we, if we stay in that path where, you know, no, I'm right. and it, we, I'm not siding with God. If I stay in that path where, you know what, I'm right, I'm in big trouble. So, so I just really wanted to bring that point out, how important it is for us to ask God to forgive us our sins you know like I think even uh you know my uh, grandma like she was a Catholic Roman Catholic and she used to go to bed sorry she kneeled down at her bed every night and she'd pray the rosary, but I know she was asking God for forgiveness of sins, you know? Forgive us our sins. Forgive us our sins, right? And she taught me that. And that's one thing I really did learn from the church, the Catholic church, you know? Forgive us our sins, right? Because God forgives us. God forgave us, and he brought his only son to come and show us, to prove to us in history that he loves us, and that he has a way for us. And it's through Christ. It's through Christ. All right. I'm just so glad that God came as a man so we could, we could get it through him, you know. He didn't just go, I mean, he could have probably just gone down and said, okay, here's my commandments. Uh, the old, whole earth is going to walk in the glory of me. Right? I'm going to do it this way. God just put something down here like a big meteorite or something. I don't know. Spread it all around and just made a big, saved everybody by, by, just by his power. Just did it one day. It's not what he did. He did it in, in time and history. He had it all plotted out in history. In the timing of mankind when God, God saw exactly when man needed Christ most. And that's where he put Jesus in. He put him in right there. And he gave him to us so that 
he could feel. We could say, yes, you know what I'm feeling today, Lord. You've already felt this and you've already been there. And now I can walk in those same steps that you have walked in. Now I can walk in your steps, Lord, because you, you felt exactly what I felt like and you promised me that you'll give me the way out, right? It gives God great pleasure to fulfill Christ in us. His son's life was, sat, was not in vain, but it created us to be new creations in Christ, reborn with new hearts, new thoughts, and, God, and gives us peace. He gives us peace. So much peace, right? God gives us so much peace. That's the biggest thing that, saved, that caused me to believe that God was God because I never had any peace in my life. God, it says in the word that he'll silence the strife of tongues over us. The strife of tongues is in the world. It's the, it's the devil. It's, it's like it comes at you like you're not enough. You haven't done enough. You know, uh, it, it's constantly like a pin under your butt, just making you keep moving. Don't stop moving. Don't stop moving. Don't stop trying. Y'all been there? Y'all feel like that? Not good enough. Not good enough. Not good enough. Haven't done enough. Right? But, the, but Jesus Christ and his salvation and his promises that he'll keep us from the strife of tongues, right? And God, I, when I, had, I was raised with a lot of strife, strife all the time, chaos all the time. And when you learn things as a child, like scientific studies have shown, you're going to, those things become inside of you. And they cause you, you know, your, they, your thoughts, right? They cause your thoughts to do, you act on your thoughts, Right? So I was constantly in fear, but I didn't know it. I was constantly feeling ashamed, but I didn't know it. I, and then I grew up. You just take those like a child. You just take those thoughts. You don't mature because only you know, God will cause us to mature. He's the one who causes us to actually mature in our hearts and in our minds, right? The world can't give that to you. You can, under, you can get a lot of knowledge. You can get a lot of, you know, knowledge from the world. But when it comes to maturity in your heart and in your mind and in your emotions... Right? And in your will, your own will. And what you, it, that doesn't, that comes from Christ. I'm, I believe that. I absolutely believe that. Because I look back and I saw those strongholds that I held on to for a long time. And strife was one of them. And I didn't know it. And I would, I would come up to people and feel, for a long time, I would feel inadequate. Constantly inadequate. Constantly like I'm not doing enough. Constantly I'm not enough. But God has given us, and he's given us our allotment in life. And he said that we are going to be like a city on a hill that will shine brightly. And we are shining brightly before all men. No matter how you think about yourself, no matter what you do, no matter what you think. It doesn't, this is what God has put inside us. If you are seeking after God and you are in the word of God, he's going to prove himself. He's going to prove himself faithful. Right? I don't know how many times, so um, I really want to talk about offense today, okay? Because, and I was, like I said, I'm just going to be bare before you, all right? Um, for a long time, there was a season here where I was so mad. I was so angry. I, I always felt like as if I was being treated not good enough. Like I was, I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't getting what I wanted. I wasn't getting what I wanted. And it, what I wanted wasn't bad. It was good. I just wanted to be loved and accepted and everything else. But I wasn't getting what I wanted. And so I became very bitter and angry. And my heart started to shut off. 
And then I started to see everything under the shadow of a fence. Okay, so that, that spirit came over me, whatever, however you want to say it. And, and I was walking in a shadow of offense. Like I was just, you know, if I, if I sat too long to think about something, everything a person would say would be offensive. And it would be cutting into my heart. And I'd be like, I have to get out of here. I have to leave. I can't put up with this. I can't put up with this. Right? But I want to tell you, that spirit of offense is a wicked, nasty, sneaky devil. The devil is sneaky. That is his perfection. He is perfect in lies. He is called the father of lies for a reason. Because he is the, he's the utmost in lying. He says he comes as an angel of light. He's, in, he's the prince of the air. That sounds like a lot to deal with, right? But we know that Jesus has come to redeem us from all of that. And so I would just suffer with this inside of myself a lot. And I would pray. I'd pray. I was praying. I was reading the word of God. I was looking up a fence. I was looking up how to, you know, you know how, how to pray, pray it through, praying with other people, to, talking about it. And then, you know what God told me? I, I'm just bringing this up to you today because I'm hoping that some others, who, if you are going through this offense, that you're going to be set free from it. Okay? But... We know that God says that he's going to work through us. He's going to work through us in our minds because we have the mind of Christ, right? And so, anyways, this offense was eating me up. I was ready to leave, right? Anybody been there with offense? Or are you ready to leave? I'm walking. I'm going somewhere else. I'm done. Okay. But I stayed long enough, and then I said, okay, God, you know what? I remember what you said about me. You said that I am a pillar, and I'm a pillar of strength, and a pillar stands. And he showed me a picture of the pillar where, you know, he just showed me a picture of a pillar, all right? And, you know, the thickness of it and how it holds up, it holds up a, you know, a canopy. And so it's like, I've called you to stand. And I'm like, this is me. I'm a dancer. You want me to stand? I want to move. Well, I'm to stand. Yeah, but I want to go. I'm a runner. You know, no, stand. And I'm like, okay, I'll stand. I'll just stand. I'll just stand. I'll just stand and see what you're going to do. I'll just trust you and stand, right? I'll just trust you and stand. And the word of God that I stood on with that is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding, but acknowledge God in all your ways, and he will direct your paths. The Lord will direct your paths. I'm going to stand on the word of God. I cannot stand on anything that my parents have done. I cannot stand on my own brain and what I'm going to accomplish in this lifetime. I'm going to stand just like he asked me to. And I'm going to see what he's going to do. I'm going to see what God is going to do. Right? There's a lot of things can come. A lot of trials can come to try to shake your faith. You know that. Lots of different things can come. Just try to kick that pillar down. But, but God, but God, but God, he has kept me standing the whole time. Listen, when I was growing up, this is what I would do. I'd get drunk from the time I was 16 till probably I was about, I don't even want to say. Okay, so maybe, say, uh, maybe 22. 
And then I got sober for about 10 years, and then I started drinking again, okay? But I never, I, you know why? Because I was running from life. I was running from my heart. I was running from my life. I hated my life. I hated it. I didn't like anything I saw. My parents disappointed. They, my parents, they, they failed me in life. And that's the truth. They failed me. I love my parents today. And they did the best they could do. But I, I was raised with that conviction in my heart, in my mind. I knew it was not right to feel anything, to, to, to judge my parents. But in my heart, in my heart, I was broken. And so I would run. I would run with alcohol. I would run with men. I would run with partiers. I would, I, if, the, if I didn't like the job, I quit. I, I can't remember how many places I moved when I was, even with my children, dragging my two kids from house to house to house because I didn't like the neighborhood. I didn't like the landlord. I didn't like, especially, like I didn't like, like people offended me. And I'd be like, I'm leaving. See you later. I'm out of here. I don't need this crap. <laughs> oh, phew, I'm gone. You know what I mean? I can just pack up and leave. <laughs> you know, like somebody cared. <laughs> Anyways, but I've been in my house this to this day probably about like almost 15 years. In one house, one little townhouse in Barrie, and I've been at the same job for 20, almost 21 years. I've been single without, seriously, no boyfriends. Hello? I'm not exactly like, whatever, I'm not going to go there, but... Oh, a long time. I, I don't know. Maybe 20 years. 19, 20 years. I've been single. That is only by the power of God. He caused me to stand like that. He caused me to be that pillar. That's what God has done. All right? And like I say, not that I haven't messed up or fouled up or made mistakes. I certainly have. I got a lot of gumph in me. Right? So I've messed up really, sometimes really bad. But for God, he forgave my sins and washed me clean and put me back in his grace and back in his presence again, right? But what I think and what God thinks, right, the Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways. That's why I have to go to him, not just every day, every second. Because that's I, when I read that word, there was, you know, that word in that trust in the Lord, acknowledge him acknowledge that word bounced out of me one day right in my face I was going through something I was just feeling awful and all of a sudden that word acknowledge it was in big capital letters right in my brain you know acknowledge oh oh yeah God see this thing that's happening here I acknowledge you in it I see this thing here that happened years and years ago I acknowledge you in that see this thing that's going to happen tomorrow maybe down in the future I acknowledge you about it right? It's when we acknowledge God that he's able to work. and we, we're, He's able to, to move in our lives, right? So I'm telling you that, you know, when I was bouncing all over the place, you know, and I went to AA and I was, and I'm not putting down the program of AA, they taught me some really good things. They took it from the Bible. So I think that's why. <laughs> yeah. So they taught me some really good things to, that, to learn about, right? And one of, the, one of those things was to never forget where you came from. Never forget where you came from. It's in the Bible. He talks about how, um, you know, God was angry with us for a little while. But then after, after you know, after a while, he brought us in, brought us out of that, that shame. He brought us out of that, um, you know, poor way of living. 
I'm gonna, I can't tell you exactly where it is. It's in the Old Testament. But um, anyways, that remember when kind of thing, that remember when slogan. And God always tells me, don't forget. Do not forget. Do not forget where you came from. The, in Deuteronomy 8, it says, when you have eaten and satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the land he gives you. Be very careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, decrees that I'm giving you this day. We don't want to forget God. We don't want to forget his benefits, right? I mean, even in the world today, we have Remembrance Day. Why do we have Remembrance Day? Somebody tell me. In case we forget what? The price that was paid by those men and what war can do, right? And so that's why we testify. That's why we testify. When I was, you know, carrying on in my alcoholism in that addiction, life of addiction, um, you know, I didn't, have, I didn't have a sound mind. I was trying to snuff out my thoughts, right? I wanted peace. And the only way I would get peace is to, you know, drink or drug or subdue those thoughts. And, but God gives us peace. And during that time when I didn't have that soundness of mind, and I came into the church and got saved and got sober, I got saved by the power of God, right? Jesus set me free, right? Jesus set me free from addiction, amen? I'm not an alcoholic anymore. I'm not a drug addict anymore. I don't need to get high, and I don't need to get stoned. I don't need to get drunk. I don't need to because I found out who I was. It's taken me 55 years. All right? Well, minus some. Come on. When I was a kid, you can't blame a kid for being a kid. Okay. So it took me a long time to figure out. And you know what? I hear people like Debbie and Daryl saying, uh, and Sheila, and other people who've been known Jesus longer than me, and seen the power of what he's done. And they say, I'm just starting to learn. I'm just starting to learn who God is. I'm just starting to learn. I'm just starting to learn. I'm like, I know. Oh, I feel like such an idiot. I know I'm just starting to learn about who God is, that he's always been there from the very beginning. He saw me in the very beginning. Like, he forms us in our mother's womb. He, he formed us. He knows exactly what he has planned for us. The Bible says he, know, has exa- he knows exactly what our days, what he has planned for us, and we can, I believe we can take it or we don't have to, right? We can take it or we don't have to. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. I've decided I'm going to take it. Anybody else here feeling the same way? I've decided I'm going to take it. Do you have any scriptures? Like, is it okay? Is it going to cough up something? Okay. Okay, so let's turn to um, James, James 1.18. So we're not going to forget God, what he's done for us, and we tell other people about it because we have to keep it fresh. Oh, this is the New King's James Version. Okay. I don't ever use this version ever, but this is the computer's version, and so now we have to decipher it. Of his own will, he begat us with the word of truth that we should be a first, a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Okay. Um, 
God has called us that we would be a kind of first fruits of all that he has created, right? And the way that he has done that in me is one of the biggest things is that he's humbled me. God has humbled me. You know, like the, the Bible says, if I, if I submit myself to God, if I submit myself to him, he will bring me under his mighty hand and he will lift me up. And, the, and I will be able, the, the devil will not be able to come to me. He will not. See what I'm saying? Submit yourself unto God. Resist the devil and he will lift you up. So I'm taking God at his word. Um, before, I used to just kind of read the word. And yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, wow. Look at that. That's beautiful. Oh, isn't that beautiful? I'd read something. I said, oh, that's just beautiful, right? I can't remember anything. Oh, I don't know. If I shut that book and I walk away, I'm like, what did that just say? I have to memorize the word. I'm supposed to memorize the word. I can't. I don't remember what it said. I'm kind of frustrated. So back into the Bible, I go and try to read that again until I got it into my spirit. You won't get it into your spirit until you live it out in your life. So you have to get a problem. Or, and then get the word of God and then speak it over your life, over that problem, and then see what happens. And then what happens is it becomes alive inside of you and then you don't forget the word. Then you don't forget the word because you go, no, no, I know that that opened every door and brought every person that I needed to have in my path to give me what I needed. And that's, that's the way I've seen God's word work. So, um, and in my life, because I jumped from place to place to place to place, I didn't get a whole lot of friends, eh? You don't get a whole lot of friends when you're, you know, I don't want to say it, but anyways, being a bad girl. <laughs> and you know what God has given me, though? He has given me this house and the family in this church. He's given me the people in this church. And every single one of them, I believe God has strategically placed each one of us together to be with each other, to learn of each other's lives, right? So, like... The Smiths back there, like, aren't they a beautiful family? Like, they are a beautiful family. Do you know how enriched we are by knowing you guys? I don't care if you're embarrassed. Mike, lap it up. You know how much you have blessed this, this family of God? You have been a pillar in our church, and you have blessed us incredibly with all of your lives. Each and every one of you has let your gifts shine brightly before God. And you know the greatest thing is, and like with you, Rachel, it's that gentle and quiet spirit. And sometimes we think that we're not doing anything, but we are. Just being who you are blesses me. It blesses us so much because you're standing as a beautiful daughter of God. You are so gentle and quiet in your ways. But the love that comes from you, Rachel, is radiant. You guys got to try hugging Rachel sometime. She's beautiful, right? And look at Noah. Okay, look at Noah. He's up here playing the drums, and his life has changed. I've seen a huge change in Noah. Anybody else? Huge change. Now, and you know, and, and his mother is growing in patience. Her patience is increasing. It's increasing by the power of God. She's getting more and more patience. That was my word when I was talking about that kid. And I was like, God, how, you've assigned me to this job Okay, because I prayed about it, and I don't have any patience left. And, and he's like, yeah, I know. You going to ask? You going to ask? Oh, God, please give me. I'm afraid to ask because, you know, sometimes Christians can say silly things like, don't ask for it because you'll get it. What is that? Ask for it. Don't be afraid to ask for it because something's going to happen. 
It's going to happen anyway. You need to ask for it, right? So I asked God for more patience. I said, God, can I ask you for more patience. You know what happened? I got to tell you, this is what happened. So the child that I normally work with full time, they basically moved him around the whole school in different spots for his benefit and mine. Seriously, I'm not kidding. I'm not saying that that's a victory for you, but that's a victory for me, okay? Because I've worked with a lot of kids a lot of years. And to have this child, to be able, for them to be only thinking about him and place him in different areas where he's going to get focused on is where he needed to go. And so, you know, the principal saw that and she did that. She made that wonderful move for him. And I am praising God to this day for that victory because I've never seen that happen before. So it's, it's a real victory for me. And, and it's all because I asked God, I asked God, you know, to, to help me so I didn't have to be so nasty, like feel so, you know, <laughs> exhausted. So, um, anyways, we're going to turn to, um, just let me just hold on a second here. So offense, negative thinking, rejection, it's all from the devil. The Bible says that I'll hear the voice of my father, my shepherd, the shepherd, my shepherd. And the voice of the stranger I will not follow. Sometimes we hear the voice of, you know, sometimes we're listening to the devil. And I'll tell you, like offense, bad thoughts, negative thoughts, you know, um, things that tell you you're not good enough. Rejection. I suffered under rejection a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And, and it, but anyways, those things, they're not from God. Those things aren't from God. When you start hearing stuff like that, you got the devil talking to you. You know what I mean? That's exactly what it is. And then we just say, God, I submit myself to you. I resist those thoughts. I resist those thoughts. I'm not going to listen to those thoughts. That is not the voice of my shepherd today. The voice of my shepherd tells me that I'm holy before God and that I'm chosen and that, God, I'm the light upon, you know, I'm going to shine brightly before all men today. And I've committed my whole life, my work, everything, my family, every, I've committed everything onto you. So you're going to shine brightly through me. And give me everything that I need, including the thoughts that I need. We need to have our thoughts changed. Our thoughts need to change. You know, for the longest time, I was saying, like, I felt, even at work, I felt, you know, um, when I bounced around a lot, I just want to say that is because I didn't feel wanted. That's why I bounced. I was trying to find something. Trying to find a good home. A good neighborhood. A good place. I was trying to find something. And I couldn't find it. Right? That's because I kept running. But God told me in this, in early on in my walk when I came into this church, under the leadership of Greg and Sheila, that, that this, is, this is, I was going to have spiritual mothers, and I do. I have Barb. I have Sandra. I have Linda. I have, like, spiritual sisters like Rosetta. I have lots of wonderful, beautiful, beautiful sisters like Marie. I have lots of beautiful people in this church that have lifted me up, that have prayed for me, that have loved me, that love me, that love me. People that love me, right? You're not going to find that, that many people to love you in the world. You're not going to. I'm just telling you. You're just not going to find people to love you like that. The church is what God is asking us to be, to bind together in his love and to be the family that he's called us to be so that the outside world who's suffering and dying, no matter what they look like, they could be rich, filthy, stinking rich, the smartest of ever, have the most technology, but dying inside and dying and, not, and going to hell. And if we're shining brightly before them, if we are shining brightly before them, then we can win a soul. 
right? Just because we're shining brightly before him. But it takes an army. It takes a family. It takes a whole gathering of people together to do it, right? And so that's why I'm still here. I'm not going to leave. I've dug my feet in. I think that, what's her name? Tracy Stewart, when she came. Everybody remember her? I think when she came, she put something inside of me. She, or God did it through her, whatever, you know. Because God does things through us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He does things through us. It's beautiful. Like we get blessed and they get blessed. We get blessed and they get blessed. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful love relationship. But I think she put tenacity, like she, that spirit of tenacity went right into me when she, when she came. It was like, fire of God. Like she just, and I was like, yeah, okay, nothing else matters, just God, right? Nothing else matters, just God, just following after Christ. That's what matters. He is going to show himself to be faithful, and he's going to show himself to be strong. He's going to give me what I need to get where I need to go. All the time. Every time. Anyways, I just, I had to lift up the church. I have to lift up the church because the church is bashed so badly. But I honestly believe it's just because we've had, we've just been intimidated and oppressed. And, and just, you know, we have to rise up and rise over all those things that are in our minds that tell us that we are not operating in the power of God. And we don't have signs and wonders following Lies. We have signs and wonders falling. I've seen people that I've prayed for be healed of cancer. I've seen people that I've prayed for be healed from, uh, like, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, all kinds of stuff. I can go on and on about that, but I'm not going to go there. That's not where I'm going. Um, but God, the, but God is working through us, and He promises that that He will. We have different seasons in our lives, and God knows that. He knows those seasons, and he has grace and mercy for the seasons that we have to go through. And sometimes we're so deceived. Um, and I, I learned this. I learned this from being deceived is that there was sin in my own heart. I didn't know that. Like, I read that somewhere in the Bible. I know I'm supposed to show you where it is, but, like, I'm just, sorry. I'm just going to, you have to trust me. But there was sin in my own heart. Like, in order for the devil to be able to, for that to take root and for that for me to really, for all that to happen, my heart, the Bible says, where, I got to show you that where it says that. It says that the, the heart is the most deceitful of all. Does anybody know where that? Daryl, do you know where that is? Oh, Daryl, come on. You've got to help me out here. Come on. I know where it is. It's in my notes somewhere, but I have so many notes here. For me to find it would be something else. All right, I'm going to look for it. No, I'm not. Okay. Anyway, it's true. It says the heart is the most deceitful thing ever. So you imagine the most deceit, 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 and there lies our hearts. And so I just see that as like, Sometimes you look at a painting, and let's just say it's all black, and then you got to paint it all white, and you paint it all white, and then you just stop, and there's like a little bit of black left there. I just see it like that sometimes. It's like there's, sometimes there's sin that we don't even know is there, and then we side with the devil, and the next thing you know, it gives full birth to sin. 
because it's full birth. Because I, I believed it, right? I was listening to the liar, not listening to my shepherd. I was listening to the liar. So after all the things that I've been through, why would God place people in my, in my life that were, that were deceitful to me? You never do that. Yeah. So I said to myself, maybe it was God talking to me, eh? Remember when you're an alcoholic? Was that a sound thing to do? To like wreck your body with all that alcohol? Even, and puke your brains out and the next day go do the same thing? Wasn't the next day. It was like the next weekend, okay? I wasn't like a daily drunk, but I was a, a weekend drunk. But then, and then have kids and then still do it? Like, is anybody sound in that mind to be able to do that? Yes, I was deceived. Yes, I was, you know, riddled with the spirit of addiction. Yes, I had generational curses on me. Yes, I couldn't stop. But even still, was my mind sound? No. So then even after you get healed, you get delivered, you get saved and all this other stuff, your mind still can take that, you know, can still fall back into that way of thinking where I'm not thinking right again. I'm not thinking right again. You know, I'm not operating in the soundness of mind that God has given me because I'm operating in offense. And that's not what God said I'd be operating. He said that I'd be operating in his love. And he said that love conquers all, like, all fear. And that I would not be full of offense. I'd be full of his power, his love, and his soundness of mind. And so if I'm feeling like this all the time, I'm operating under a spirit of offense. That's what I'm operating under. That means I'm listening to the voice of the stranger. He's not welcome. And we just shut him down. You just shut him down. You say, shut your mouth, devil. I'm not listening to you. I'm following the voice of my father. Because God said that he would, we would follow the voice of our father. All right, John 8, 31 says, so Jesus was saying to the Jews that had believed in him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And John 15 says, verse 4 to 9 says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For, okay, I in him, and he in me. He will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch dries up and gathers them and casts them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you will bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. So if anyone's feeling like, I can't do those things, I can't put my hands on people and see them be healed, that is not from God. That's a lie. You can put your hands on people and, be, and heal them. You will operate in the power of God. That, that is true. That will happen. You can do the same as Jesus did. That's just exactly what this word says. If you are abiding in his word, if you are reading his word every day, Right? Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer that I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by, the faith, by faith in the Son of God. 
We're not living for anything here. There's nothing here that can bring us any pleasure. I mean, it can. Don't get me. Um, I shouldn't have said that. It can't bring us lasting pleasure. Um, there's a repercussion to worldly pleasure. There's always a repercussion, right? Withdrawals and things like that. <laughs> so um, James 1.12 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres, who remains steadfast, who endures temptations under trials because having stood the test that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him right so I'm going to stand I'm going to stand that's what the word of God has told me I'm going to stand and we know that God says that we can be joyful in hope patient in affliction and faithful in prayer faithful in prayer the, the life of, of, you know, believing in God, following after God, it's a simple life. It's not a complicated life. In fact, it's too simple. In fact, I shouldn't say like too simple, but it's so simple. Like we see people, I know when I first came into the church for a long, long time, I'd see people going on missions and, and starting churches and getting orphanages and doing all these incredible things. And I'm like, I haven't done anything. I haven't done nothing. I just me, little me, in my little house, in my little job, little me, little, little. God doesn't see me like that. He doesn't see me like that. He placed you in a family. He placed you in a workplace. He placed you in a generation. He placed you. He placed you. He placed us. He placed us for a purpose, for his plans to be carried out. His plans to be carried out. Not our plans. We have plans. But the Lord has plans. Right? And he wants us to walk hand in hand and he walk hand in hand in with him daily, finding out those things. He says, just focus on today. Don't focus on tomorrow. Just focus on today. It's me and you. We're walking together in one day. One day is all you have right now. He said he would show us of things to come, and he does. He shows me of things to come. And they're amazing. It's like sometimes I'm like, whoa, you're really dreaming, girl. And then they happen maybe five, ten years later. Right? And then they happen. And I'm like, wow, you told me that was going to happen. I, I thought it was like maybe wishful thinking or something. Right? But then it wasn't. It was God. God will put thoughts in our minds about the future, about things that are going to happen. Because he wants you to get excited. He wants you to have hope. He wants you to know that he's going to use you. He wants you to know that. He's like, just, okay, you think about Moses, and you think about Abraham, and you think about even Mary, the mother of Christ. She knew who Jesus was. She went to that wedding and said, come on, son, show them who you are. Turn that water into wine. What did he say to her? He has to obey his father first. He has to obey his father first. But it was okay. It was okay. I, I really think she asked God first. I really do. I think she was a good mom. I think she asked God, is it okay? But anyway, seriously, she think about how many years. Jesus didn't start moving in those miracles and everything until he was in his 30s, right? He was in his 30s. So you think she raised him from being a child all the way up till he in his 30s, right? How long was that woman? I mean, and she was in a day and age where they stoned you to death because you're pregnant without being married, right? Think about how long she 
walked out Jesus' life, seeing what he could do, and waiting, waiting, waiting for the Messiah, for the time, for the time. And God, that's what happened for Jesus. He didn't just get to be like 10 and start performing miracles. It didn't say that. said he was found in the temple when he was 12, right? But then later on, he didn't start till he was a mi- later on, right? So think about it. How long is God going to work on us before we start doing these things in, in Christ? I don't know. I'm just giving you food for thought. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I'm just telling you, same with Moses. He was the same way, right? Moses was a man who left. He was in the desert for how long? A long time, right? Like 20 years. Same with Joseph. Joseph was like the, the baby face. He was like the, the loved of the most by the father, right? Had that special coat and everything. And, you know, he was like dad doted on him, thought he was just wonderful, the love of his life, Right? And then gets thrown into that well. And then he has to be a slave for how many years? And then he's proven wrong once he starts to elevate. Like constant, just constant, you know, what's happening in like those, those times in their lives. Those are long seasons. Long seasons. When Jesus went out to be filled with the Spirit, he went right into the desert. Long, dry seasons. Feels really dry. Gotta bear with it. Got to stay with it. Just stay with it. Feels dry. Feels like nothing's happening. Doesn't matter. Stay with it. It's like being married. I've never been married. But I could, I could be a good wife now. Now. Right? I am. I, I'm, I'm learning how to be the bride of Jesus. I'm learning how to be that bride. He is teaching me to be his bride. And all my life, God told me I was gonna, this is going to happen to me. And I said, no. Nope. <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I am going to have a beautiful husband. Him and I, him and I, him and I. Oh, yeah, we're going to do wonderful things together. He is going to be so handsome. Oh, yeah. We're going to go on big holidays. Have a nice big house. It's going to be a happy marriage. I'm going to get what I've been waiting for my whole life. I'm going to get what I wanted my whole life, right? And God said to me a long time ago, you're mine. You're mine. And you're going to stay holy before me. You're, uh, you're mine. And I'm his. I am his bride. You are his bride. You are his bride. And I'm not knocking marriage. Marriage is beautiful. Marriage is supposed to be for the bride and the bridegroom, for the, for the Lamb of God and for us when we see him, you know, for his return too. But, but like, he is our bridegroom. And so God, that's how he's kept me, is by loving me and taking care of me. And God does it for all of us. He does it for every single one of us. He calls us to himself all the time, all the time. Never once do we have to go to God and say, um... I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? Listen, I already told you a thousand times. How many times do I have to tell you? Would you get out of here? You know, write it down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, seriously, God, like, it says we can go to God with every single concern. We can cast all of our cares upon him. We can cast every one of our cares upon him. Because he cares for us. He loves us. He, he doesn't want us to fall into the lies of the enemy. He doesn't want us to believe the lies of the enemy. He's made a way through his son. He said, here, flesh and blood. There you go. Flesh and blood. 
Now follow in my word, just as he does, and as he did, and you will do the things he did. You will come into relationship with God the Father. And I'm just learning about God the Father. I'm always talking about Jesus and praying to Jesus and everything. I'm just learning. God the Father is like, I, I was thinking about this. I was thinking, God has called us. I got to find this scripture where it says he wants us to work alongside with him, okay? So it says, um, can you pull up Colossians 2? Um, sorry, Colossians 3, verses 1 to 3. No, that's not it. Oh, where is it now? Okay, yeah, Colossians 2, verse 6. So we know that Jesus has loved us and gave himself up for us. And he is our reward. He's our reward, right? Like you think about it. When you go to work and you pay into a pension plan, you're hoping to retire and get that money, right? You're like, oh, look at my paycheck. It's puny now. All those benefits and all those things taken off. And then you're like, but I sure hope I get my pension plan when I get older and enjoy it, right? I want to be able to retire and have that money that I've been saving up for. But Jesus says we're supposed to seek the things of heaven, seek the things above and not below on the earth. Not that that's a bad thing. I'm not knocking that. I'm just using it as a comparison in our own hearts. So we're not like seeking after, you know, because you know, in, our, in our hearts we can say, I'm not going to have enough. You know, you can come under that where you left that lack, that fear of poverty or that lack. I'm not going to have enough. What's going to happen to me when I get older? I better put a pile of money away so I have money to live on, right? And, but Jesus says, it says here that Jesus is our reward. So, as you therefore have received Christ the Lord, so walk in him. Therefore, you have been raised up with Christ. Keep searching these things above where Christ is and seated at the right hand of the Father. Keep searching. Keep seeking those things where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So God has things for us. He has things for us. We can want things and get things and try to, you know, make things happen. But it says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God and that he has things for us. So if we continue seeking him, he will continually provide those things that we need for the next seasons in our life. Amen? All right, but in order to do that, like Jesus said, you know what? With man, all these things that he's talking about in his word, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. God, through Christ, has made salvation possible. His divine power has given, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So if you say to yourself, I'm never going to be holy. I can't be holy. I'm not holy. I'm a bag of trash. I'm always messing up, blah, 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 blah. Oh, stop that. Don't make that confession. Don't say that. The divine power of God has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Okay? That's in 2 Peter 1.3 if you need to know. Um, and so but Jesus has made it all possible for us to bear fruit. He is the vine who enables us and causes us. He's created us to be able to bear fruit. We are complete in Christ. When we don't understand or we start to doubt, we can ask the Holy Spirit who's been promised to us to comfort us, to give us the truth, and to guide us into soundness of mind. Because God has promised that he would equip us for every good work. All right? 
2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. Just as Jesus did good work, so will we. In turn, so will we. When we became born again into a new life, we received the anointing. So that 1 John 2, verse 27 says, well, I'll just give this word to you. It says, I'm trying to say it, it's, it's, in, Jew, it's in Hebrew. So it's mashach, to rub in, chrism, to smear. So that anointing has been given to us. We were smeared with God's power to use as a result of God's presence, right? Through Jesus, by the accepting Jesus into our hearts. And it's our desire it is our desire to see the results of God in our lives, but it's God's desire first. Like it's his desire to see Christ working through us, the hope of glory. The Holy Spirit has been given to us as a gift. But this anointing is a gift, and it bubbles up inside of us. It's his love that wants to touch lives, to release God's glory, and to obey the Holy Spirit's voice. So we can just bind negative thoughts. And God doesn't play favorites, all right? God does not play favorites. I have that in my notes somewhere. It's really important that I say this because for people who suffer under rejection and, uh, um, you know, not feeling good enough that you don't measure up, God does not play favorites. He doesn't show uh, favoritism. God shows no partiality for there's no partiality with God. He is no respecter of persons. All of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Amen? I was going to pray right now. I just want to pray because I like I've thrown a lot out there and there's so much more. But I feel like... Um, it's big, and so we're just going to pray and just see where God's going to go with that. Um, so, God, I just thank you right now for your word. I thank you for your truth, and I thank you, Lord God, that you came to change our lives. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you came to change our lives. Thank you, Lord. I just bless you today, Holy Spirit. I just ask you to move in this room, Lord. So much is said about you, God, and what you've done. And I just ask, Lord God, that you would just reveal to us the truth about our own lives, Father. Father, I pray that you would just reveal the truth about our own lives, God. And God, that you would be the hero that you are and tear down those things that don't belong. Just take out, just take out those deep-rooted things, Lord. Lord, see those sins that we've committed in our hearts, God. I just lay those things that have been hidden. I just bring those things that have been hidden into our hearts, God, before you, God. God, I pray that you would just let those things come to the surface now and let them be confessed. I ask that in your holy name, God. God, I just pray, Father, that you would just reveal your love, your truth. Father, I thank you for signs. I thank you, God, that you will show words or things that we have to do so that we can act on our faith, so that we can believe in you and act on our faith, Lord God. I just thank you for that right now, Lord. I just thank you, Jesus. We just thank you for our heavenly language. We just thank you for that right now. Now, if there's anybody who, who wants to have that he heavenly language, I want to encourage you um, to, to get with somebody who, who has it and will pray for you for it. 
And you know what? Even God will show you who you want to pray for you. Okay? Like if you say, oh, I want that heavenly language. And even if you've been prayed for before, it doesn't matter. Keep asking for it. God is no respecter. He doesn't sit there and go, well, listen to me. I'm not giving that to you because you already asked me and see, I didn't give it to you. So, like, don't ask me again. Like parents, you know, we're like that as parents. But God's not like that. He's like, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, get that unbelief out of the way. We'll get whatever out of the way. It'll come. Like God will give you your heavenly language. It's, it's powerful. It's so powerful because we, like I said, I've cursed my face off and swore and like said lots of bad things. I talked about people, oh, eh, like said nasty things about people that weren't even true. It's just because, you know, the plant was thought, it, the thought was planted there and I ran on it, right? I ran on it because I thought it was true. And, but God will give us our heavenly language to pray in so that we can pray God's perfect will. It's his perfect will. So we don't have to think about it. And the cool thing is, is that not only does he know what we need before we ask, but the cool thing is, is that when we pray that language and it's his perfect will, and things break and things happen. It wasn't us that really did nothing much but open our mouth and believe. Right? And talked like a whole bunch of like garbly garb. Right? And But it's not. It's not garbly garb. That's why he wants us to have that childlike spirit. To believe. Believe in him. He gave us a language. It makes sense in some ways because you think we're taught a language, you know, in our nation. So it would make sense that God the Father would give us a heavenly language from the, from the kingdom of heaven. Amen? You know, I was, we're not going to be the same. We're not going to be the same. We're going to be changed. So it would make sense that we have that heavenly language. And it's, it is also a sign that the Holy Spirit is working in us, living in us, working through us. Right? So, you know, if... Um, you want that heavenly language. I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many times that heavenly language has taken me, given me power throughout my days when I'm working and I'm tired. And I, I don't even know how I'm going to make the day. Sometimes I get so tired, I don't even know how I'm going to finish the day. That's the truth. Like people go, oh, you have so much energy. I'm like, yeah, you don't know me. If you really know me, you know, I could probably take a nap. I could probably be Mexican, no problem. I could probably have a siesta, no problem, around 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'd be fine. But there are some days when I am so tired, I'm like, I don't even know how I'm going to get through this day. And then sometimes it'll be day after day after day after day. But then I pray in my heavenly language, and I'm telling you, God gives me the strength. You know, I'll be coming up to somebody who I seriously do not want to talk to. I don't want to talk to this person. I would rather just go, oh, go this way. Just like that. And God's going, you go and talk to that person right now. <laughs> go talk to that person. I have nothing to say. Because my thoughts aren't very good about that person. So I'm like, what am I going to say? I don't want to trip up. Right? But the Holy Spirit, when we pray in our heavenly language, he helps us. Right? And I, so we pray over everything, anything. The guy's coming to fix your fridge. Pray over it. You know what I mean? The car is going to the garage. Pray over it. Whatever. The kids are going to school. Pray for their teachers. You know, ask God to give them loving teachers that can see them, see that child and their gifts and what the child needs to develop within them. That you pray, we pray for things that are specific and, and unspecific. You know, God is so amazingly wonderful with, with prayer. He says to go into your, your closet, 
close the door and by yourself ask your heavenly father pray to your heavenly father for those things that for those things that we need and that he will do it why because he wants you to know he's real he wants you to know he's listening he wants you to know he's working he wants you to know you're his child he wants you to know he wants you to know and so i love it i i wouldn't pick half the things god's given me in my life in fact probably wouldn't pick a whole lot of it but that's how that's what god has done in order to to train me to see that he his ways are higher than my ways his ways are greater than my ways amen all right so Romans 5, verses 3 to 5 says, We can rejoice when we run into trials, for they help develop endurance. Endurance develops strength of character. Character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead us to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love don't you realize that when you became a slave to whatever you obey, whatever you're obeying, oh, so don't you realize that you became a slave to whatever you obey, right? So, so then the question was, what are you obeying? What, what are you, you know, what are you listening to? I've changed my way of thinking. And like I say, it's taken a long time to get this way of thinking. It's taken a long time to trust that God's word is really working in my life because Number one, it does, it's, it's, it is offensive to, to humankind because it's a word. It's words. How can that be, right? You're like, it's offensive to the brain. It's like, you know, as people, you, you get up, you go to school, you learn math, you learn English, you start with adding, you go to multiplication, you go into calculus. You, like, we're constantly developing. You, you, you start with your first car, then you get a, you know, hopefully you get a home, maybe you get rent an apartment, then you buy a house, you know, like... It's constant progression, right? And with God, it's the same thing, but it's in Christ. It's in Jesus. It's in who he is. He is everything, and he never stopped. He says that in, somewhere in James, I think it's uh, James 1.22. I always remember the scripture because I prayed it over all the children all the time, whenever, especially when they're getting born, when they're when finding someone's pregnant and then has the baby and whatever. And it was... Um, uh, God caused Jesus to grow in stature, in health, and in nature, with, and in um, uh, stature, favor, and wisdom with God and with man. And so he's done that for us, right? As children of God, he causes us to grow in him, to grow in stature, in wisdom, and in favor with himself, so if we're growing in favor with God, then we are growing. It's a day-by-day day walk, day-by-day day walk. Um, and then God will just sometimes, one day Barb and I were um, having a, oh, we, oh we, we finished a lunch, you know. It's really sad to say, but okay, I'm just going to say it. So here we are as Christians. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jesus, love, love, love. We love you, love you, love you, love you, Jesus. Come on, let's go eat. Oh, 
puts on the TV. Just watch a movie. Good night, friends. See you later. Bye. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's true. That's true. Huh. Us as a lot of Christians do that. We're like, oh, yeah. God has saved me. He's delivered me. I am blessed. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't God amazing? Look what he's done. I'm free. Ah, I got free from that addiction. I got free from that. What's that way of thinking? I don't have to think like that anymore. I can walk in love. Oh, yeah. Get all free. And then. So we pig out on everything God has for us, which is a good thing. We have to be able to receive, right? You can't receive if you're all full of, uh, you know, offense and things like that. So God sets us free, we receive, and then we just, we keep feeding ourselves. So then, and then, and then we get fat. And the Bible says to be careful of that. Be careful of that. And I'm not saying that our church does that. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there because I know God wanted me to say it, and so I'm saying it. Because maybe sometimes we do that. I know I do. I've done it a lot of times. Anyways, so one day I'm like driving in the car. I'm just sharing this with you because it's kind of, this is how God works through us. And I'm feeling those feelings like, oh, I never do anything for anybody. I never save anybody. I don't do anything. I have no, like, God, like, I thought we were going to change the world. But I think this is how Judas felt. Seriously. I think he felt like, what are you doing, Jesus? Like, no, not Jesus. Not, not, not like the way he was doing things. But I think he felt that. Like, that doubt, you know? Like, really, what are you doing? What are you doing? Jesus, what are you doing? And, and it was like, no, that is a lie. I am listening to lies from hell right now. That is not even true. God said that if I abided in his word and he abided in me, that he would abide in me, first of all, and second of all, that I would do what he did and that I would bear fruit. And so what am I doing? I am not going to my place to watch a movie right now. I'm going to go do something for God. And I was just in the car. I was just praying. I was like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? Like, please don't let me sit with a belly full of food and then go home and just go to sleep. Oh, God, I can't live another day like this again. Anybody been there? Oh, God, don't let me live another day like this again. Please, God. Can we just show you? Let, I have to, you know, give it away or something or show you. Show you. I have to show that you're real. And so there was this lady walking down the street, and I'm looking. Like, I'm looking around. That is the scout look, eh? You ever do that, Daniel? Doing the scout look, looking for those that are unsaved, sick, and dying, and all this other stuff. I'm doing the scout look. <laughs> I see this girl coming down the street. You know, this is a dead street, okay? We're talking, this is Essa Road in uh, uh, Innisfil, Inessa. And so this girl's coming down, and she's, like, walking. Like, she's, well, I'm not going to do that. That's not very nice. Okay, so she's walking like you could tell she's afflicted. She's addicted, afflicted, whatever. And I drove past her. And, and then I, I, I felt the Holy Spirit say, I thought you said you wanted to do something with me today. I'm like, okay, you want me to go talk to her? It was almost like... Dead silence. <laughs> okay, I'm going. So I turned around. And I went back. 
And I, so I stopped the girl on the side of the road. And I said, uh, hey, how are you doing? She says, rough. I'm just clean. I've been clean for like, I don't know what she said, seven days or something like that. And I said, well, I said, well, can you, would you like a coffee? And she's like, sure, sure. And so, you know, I threw it, got in the car. We went for a coffee. And Barb was, Barb was with me. Barb, was, Barb and I were going to go watch a movie. We were going to go back and watch a movie with our fat belly full of Christianese food and conversation. And Barb and I go to, you know, this place. And we go have coffee with her. And, uh, like, I'm sure Barb following me going, what is she doing? Because I did a full turnaround and went all the way back up to, you know, totally in the opposite direction of my house. And then we sat with this girl and we talked with her. And she poured her heart out. She was so badly, so badly abused, you know, being raised. So badly addicted. So badly. Like, so bad. And, you know, I felt the love of God and the patience of God help me just to sit there and listen to her. And just, and Barb with me too. And we just, we, all we did was just listen to her and talk to her and pray with her. And then we took her back to where she needed to go. But, I mean, that's all God wants any one of us to do is just to love somebody else wherever you are, wherever you're going. But it's going to take an inconvenience. It's going to take, okay, I'm going to stop my stuff, my routine, my stuff, and I'm going to go over here and I'm going to spend time with somebody and share the love of Christ with them. And then it's like, you know, the Grinch, how his heart grows. Your heart grows. It's true. Your heart just goes, you know, your heart grows. Your heart grows because you see, that wasn't me. That wasn't my, you know, agenda. That was God's agenda. But he loves us right straight through. He loves us through. And we get blessed. They get blessed. God works things hand in hand like that double-edged sword, you know. He works it hand in hand. So, um, yeah, verse six, so Psalm 16, verse 3 says, Roll your works upon the Lord and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. And so shall your plans be established and succeed. Right? First, Peter 5 says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Right? At the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow, all the things in heaven, all the things in the earth, and all the things under the earth. So we cast our cares. Everything that we are, everything that we know and that we hope within us, our pain, our past, our present, seen, unseen, whatever it is, we cast it upon the Lord and we know that he is the perfecter of our lives. Amen? It's not by force. It's not by our force. It's by the Spirit of God. Right? Okay, so Philippians 2.12 says, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. We're to do everything that we do without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize us. We have to live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining brightly in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Anything that we do for God, he is pleased with it. It is an offering to him. It doesn't matter how small things are. Like you might say, well, you know, I don't have 
anything to give to God. But when you offer God even a small little thing, God sees it. And he, bless, he will bless you for it. He's, he is so joyous when you do something for him. It doesn't have to be anything. You know, he'll just cause you to walk in those things that you need to walk in. He'll cause you to grow and grow and grow in those things. So, anyways, that's my message. It's 20 after 12. And um, I'm just going to read a, a poem that I wrote. And um, I'm going to end with that poem. I think so. Um, I guess one, like, there's just a couple more. So one other thing I wanted to tell you today about is being quiet with God. It's so important. All right? Because I'm a, like a loud, banging person. Right? I need to be loud. We, we kind of grew up that, you know, it's more fun to be loud. <laughs> I'm, I'm into fun. I like fun. I'm from fun country and peace country. Yep. And so, but I can't tell you about the incredible need to be quiet with God and to be alone with God, to be still with God and to spend time in his presence just by yourself. Nobody else around, you know, maybe a little faint music in the background or something. I don't know. Whatever helps you, you know, warm blankets. <laughs> um, but I was always desperate for people and desperate. I was always so desperate to have people around me. I just wanted to be loved, but I wanted to love too. I just wanted people around me all the time. I didn't want to be by myself. And I just didn't want to be alone, ever. But then God has got me going through so many seasons of times of just spending time by myself with him. Nothing happening. Shut off the TV. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah? For somebody like me, that is impossible. But God said that all things are possible through God. He wants you to be still. He wants every one of us to be still. He wants every one of us to be alone with him, by himself, quietly, just sitting quietly with him by, by ourselves so that he can see our hearts, speak to our hearts, and that we can hear him and, and just know him. He's going to be there in that stillness. I know that's when God has spoken to me. And I believe that he, even if you don't hear anything and you're like, yeah, no, I'm not into the stillness thing. Rather be praying or something. Okay. Well, Jesus went up there to be by himself. He went alone. He got alone. It says he was alone. So when we get alone with God, I believe this is an offering to God. To God alone. And I believe he sees that and he honors that. And I believe that he just does something miraculous in us that we need for the next season. You know, for the one that we're walking in, but also for the next one coming. I believe that. That's why it's so important that when things, changes are starting to occur in our life, that we get by ourselves with God and just allow ourselves just to be be a child of God. Just be a child of God. Don't be anything else. Just be a child. Be a child to the Father. Just be his kid and come to him. And the tears, and there's, sometimes you'll just cry. Whatever, whatever comes. You know, God is there and he hears us and he wants to answer us. But I believe that we, we just need to do that just to let everything from the world unravel from us. So 
Thanks be to God for this his incredible gift. Only with the Savior mankind could he live. We are his children, the love in his heart, our shepherd who leads us from the very start. With his staff in hand, he walks us through life. So abide under his shadow where there's no tongues of strife. Take courage, my friend, and recognize the trial. It's not just for our sake, and it lasts a short while. He promises us days of freedom and true wealth, growing us like children in wisdom, stature, and health. You're surrounded by a cloud so very thick, so don't give up your courage. His word will come quick. He establishes our work and blesses our hands. He promises us his presence along with great commands. And when we weep, by our side he will stand. Our tears are not cried in vain. He will bring us great victory, for we speak in Jesus' name. When all hope feels like it's just caving in, and you've already remembered the price paid for sin, know there's an even greater love than known before. All we have to do is open up that door. When your pain feels like you need to run from it all, remember the one who can save even as you fall. So Lord, please all of, hold all of my friends' hands and strengthen their hearts with your sweet command. For I've walked a mile and cried with them too. And we want to celebrate our great victories in you. Open our hearts and transform our thoughts. Help us to believe even greater so that doubt can never stop. So, God, we just commit today unto you, Lord. We thank you for your word that went out now, God. You saw everything. You know everything. And you're so faithful. You're so faithful to us, Lord. I just ask, Lord God, that I just thank you right now, God, that you will cause us to grow in you more and more. Just more and more. More and more, Father. Can I have the worship team up? I'm just going to open up this time for prayer. And, Deb, and uh, Debbie and Daryl, if you want to help me pray for people. If there's anybody that wants prayed for, I just want you to come forward and, and we'll pray. I don't want to do this like, you know, this is like a normal thing we do, like a, um, a routine. I wasn't going to pray for anybody, but I just feel like this is the right time to pray for people. And what I'm going to pray for, this is what I'm walking in. So it's um, being steadfast and just being able to stand in the Lord, no matter what our faults are. It doesn't matter. But sometimes we just need someone to pray for us to help us to stand. And we don't want to run anymore. We just want to stand. We want to stay and plant and see the power of God, and see the love of God, see what God is going to do. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.